In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's a victory podcast. Good evening, Cleveland. Good morning, London. I'm here with Jack McCurry. Jack, what a result. Oh, what a game, man. Um, The Browns are first place in the division. Um, It doesn't seem that we're overrated. Baker's overrated. It feels good to talk about a victory here with you, man. Yeah, mate. Let's start going through the stats, mate. Everyone's been saying all sorts of uh, cool things. Any um, leading stats that you've got from the game? Oh, I mean, let's start. Let's start with the player of the game. I think Nick Chubb. You know, 165 yards rushing, three touchdowns. The first Browns running back to do that since Jerome Harrison back in 2009. What what an unbelievable game by Chubb. You know, I think we all know how great of a talent he is. Um, busting off that 88-yard touchdown run. That was the fastest recorded touchdown this year, too, over 21 miles per hour. So what an unbelievable game by him. He uh, was a complete animal against that Baltimore defense. Well, here's my stat from Jake Trotter. This was the first game in Browns history. They've had a 300-yard passer, Baker Mayfield, 150-yard rusher, Nick Chubb, 150-yard receiver, Landry. So, mate, just more and more stats. Any more you can come back with? Yeah, and I just tweeted this out. Um, this is the first time the Browns have scored 40 points in a victory since 2009 when they scored 41 against Kansas City. And it's also the second time since that Kansas City game that they've scored 40 points in a game. So that just goes to show how bad the Browns offense has been over the last decade. But, you know, with the pieces here, I expect more 40-point uh, outbursts this season coming up. Mate, I went with a 28-27 prediction. I was close last week with my prediction. I was eight points off and we could have got their main points. But this week I was totally wrong. We absolutely smashed it. Yeah, I predicted 27-24 over at our, on uh, my podcast, the 1085 Gridiron Podcast. And I thought it'd be a close game just because both defenses have been playing well. But it's apparent that the Browns' offense uh, was better. And the Ravens' defense isn't as good as everyone expected it to be. Was there times in the game, though, where you thought oh my God, we're going to do something a bit Brownsy here. Oh, definitely. I think that that'll never go away as a Browns fan. Like every time the game's close and, you know, Baltimore has the ball, I'm thinking like, what are the Browns going to do to screw this up? I mean, every time, even like Baker threw the interception, I thought, oh, all the momentum's going Baltimore's way from this point. But, you know, the Browns, you know, tend to prove us wrong. And it seems like they are putting together a new trend of Browns football where we don't have to be in panic mode all the time. Gotcha. And what was your... uh... Favorite play in the whole game? Oh, it was no doubt it was that 88-yard touchdown run by Chubb. Um, You know, just as soon as he broke through, you know, I jumped off my couch. I was sitting there watching it with my dad, and, you know, he started clapping and fist pumping. You know, it's like – it's plays like that that just really, you know, excite the fan base and that you know that, you know, this is the Browns team we all expected it to be coming into this season, and we just hope that the trend continues moving forward. My highlight of the game, it wasn't successful – but was the trick play with Odell uh, to Rat- uh, to Ratley. That was just uh, awesome. Yeah, I was at work during the first half of the game. And, um, you know, I work in a nursing home, so I was taking a resident back from lunch. And 
I stopped and was watching, and you see Odell chuck that ball, and I thought Ratley caught it here it bounced off his helmet, but what an unbelievable play. I was waiting for that moment because you knew that Kitchen has that in his back pocket, and you have two wide receivers in Beckham and Landry that both can chuck the ball down the field. Um, it, it was unsuccessful, but I don't think that'll be the last time we see a play like that this season. Yeah, a triple reserve. Um uh reversed it mate it was it was uh it was it was crazy and uh okay we, it didn't pay off maybe if Callaway or Higgins was there to catch it maybe we would catch it but all right great well let's let's try and get some structure to this podcast I know we could just talk about all the great things over and over again let's try and break it down now and let's try and rate each position room out of 10 and look at some of the highlights and some of the uh people in each department so let's start with the offense but I think Baker Mayfield had a great game. You can't argue that. So we had one interception. Yeah, I thought he had a great game. You know, he spread it around to all the different receivers, the tight ends. Um, you know, he had the interception, so he's not going to get a perfect score. But I would give him a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 for sure. You know, um, he was a lot better this week. He seemed to get the ball out quicker, wasn't afraid to step up in the pocket, you know, trusted his offensive line. It, it, we've seen a completely different Baker. And, I think he's finally, you know, stepping out and you know, letting people know that he's not overrated like some of the uh, national pundits tend to think he is. Yeah. And um, let's look at them, the, the uh, running game. I think you got to give the running team and the off uh, the O-line a nine. Yeah, definitely. I could argue giving them a 10 out of 10. I mean, Chubb was perfect. Hilliard came in, had some solid runs. He put the ball in the end zone as well. And, you know, the offensive line only gave up a sack this week. And outside of the penalties, I mean, they were good. The offensive line was good. You know, I know some people want to go right to there and say, you know, that's been the struggle this year. And I don't think the line's been that bad outside of, you know, Chris Hubbard. You know, the right tackle position's been a struggle. But Kush has been better than we thought he was going to be. Obviously, we know what we're going to get out of Treader and Petonio. And Robinson's had his moments too. But the line's been solid, to say the least. Yeah, it was good. In the first quarter, I just loved it when Baker was just sitting in that pocket with confidence, throwing the ball. It it was a different Baker. Yeah, it was the exact Baker Mayfield we saw at the end of last season. You know, he trusted his offensive line, wasn't afraid of the moment, stepped up in the pocket, made some good throws. And, you know, that's the Baker Mayfield we need. We don't need the Baker Mayfield that stands back there waits for these receivers to get open, and then rolls out to the right, which was becoming a consistent trend during the first couple of weeks. Um, Baker went back to what worked. Freddie Kitchen seems to go back, seemed to went back to what was working, and that's why the offense was so dominant today. Yeah, and then look at receiving. Obviously, Landry had a great game, and last year we had quite a lot of Landry haters. My mate Pete Smith, I'll be interested to listen to his podcast later on. And uh, see what he says about it. But yeah, friend of the show, Mary Kay, saying that Beckham's hardly doing anything in this game. But Beckham is causing all the double teaming, which gives people like Landry, Seal Jones, Hilliard space to make the plays. Definitely. Jarvis Landry had a great game. I mean, you know, I, even Jack, he, he tends to be a Landry hater from time to time. And I know, you know, Landry's not worth the salary he commands, but he is a vital part of this Browns team. On the field, he's a reliable weapon for Baker. That was apparent today. And then off the field, you know, he's a great recruiter. He is a great character. You know, he's a great leader in that locker room. And while that might not be worth the 15 or so million dollars he brings, or he's getting paid for by the Browns, you know, I think that's worth it. 
because everything he brings to the table, both on and off the field, hopefully he's okay. He did have a concussion and uh, missed, I think, the entire fourth quarter. So hopefully he'll be back next week for the Niners game. Yeah, that's going to be a a real uh, big thing. Luckily, we've got an extra day with the 49ers, but he did go off a concussed. We've got Higgins potentially and Callaway coming back as well. I thought Radley made a few mistakes during the game, so uh, I wonder how much we'll see of him next week. But, you know, he caught one for 10 yards. He did what he had to do. Yeah, I mean, he he had a couple drops. He had the one on the double reverse, uh, the throw by Beckham. And then I think he dropped one right at the goal line, too. So, you know, obviously, I think his role is going to get somewhat reduced. But, you know, with Callaway and Higgins getting uh, coming back, hopefully. Um, so that's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting to see what they do with that wide receiver room because Kaderil Hodge has been a stud on the special teams unit. And then Taiwan Taylor, who we traded the seventh-round pick for, he, he's been rather uh, quiet so far since coming over from Tennessee. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do uh, for that fifth and sixth wide receiver spot now with Callaway returning from suspension and hopefully Higgins coming back from his injury. So overall, for the offense, what are we going to give it? I say we give it a nine. I mean, anytime you put up 40 points in a game, only one turnover, I thought the offense was dominant on all – all levels. And I got to shout out my boy, Ricky Seals Jones. I've been begging on my pi- our podcast for him to get a bigger role on offense. And, and he got it today, you know, got the touchdown. He was wide open. And then of course that 59 yard catch and run. Um, hopefully we see more of him. And even when Najoku comes back here in a couple months that Seals Jones finds an opportunity in this offense, because he is just like Najoku, a big athletic freak. And he can get downfield and be a threat in this offense. So hopefully we see more Seals Jones for sure. Yeah, mate. I love having you on the show. I love your energy. I love your positivity. I think nine out of 10 is super fair. Maybe if we didn't give that interception, we could have gone 10 out of 10. But yeah, nine out of 10 was uh, is really fair. Moving on to the defense, mate. Schobert, he seemed to be everywhere. He was like, he felt like sometimes he was the only defensive player on the, on the field. He was just... Every somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't get why people think Joe Schobert's overrated. He, you know, he is one of the best linebackers in the game, and he's one of the most underrated because, you know, he doesn't get any love. And, you know, he's been to the Pro Bowl a couple times. You've seen it last year when he was out with the hamstring injury, how much the defense missed him. I mean, today he was everywhere on the field, whether he was, you know, covering uh, receivers or, you know, just making plays on the, in the running game, you know, Schobert was all over the place, 17 tackles, you know, that's a big number. And he had, he was in on eight of them. He had nine of his own, but you know, it just goes to show that wherever the ball's at, Schobert's going to be there to uh, make a play. Mate, we just need to start paying him his uh, extension now. Um, I know Jack's going to obviously say he's got to manage the cap space, but this is, this is a, this is a player that plays for his heart and soul for, um, for the Browns. Clay Matthews the second. We need him. Uh, we need him long term with this team. No doubt about it. They need to get him re-signed, and they need to get Treader re-signed. I uh, I think I seen it a couple of weeks ago. We're gonna have sixty million in cap space next offseason. I know we got to pay Miles Garrett in a couple of years. Hopefully, pay Baker and everybody else. Hopefully, but you got to take care of these guys. When you have talent, you have to keep it. I know we're gonna have to make sacrifices. Demarius Randall's probably gonna have to be the sacrifice. Get Schobert re-signed. Get Tretter re-signed. You got to keep the talent when they're here. Yeah, I was with uh, Tretter's dad and his family uh, on the first day of the uh, season, and 
the family just want to get it done now. They want to be part of Cleveland the rest of their life. Tretter loves it here. Yeah, let's just get it done. No doubt. All right, let's go for it then. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's have a bit more structure on the defence. The D-line, obviously, where I was, people were like, where's Miles Garrett? You know, is he going to show up today? I thought the D-line did well. Ogajobi, I felt, was probably one of the best players today. Absolutely. You know, it, it's going to come to a point where, you know, offences are going to double-team Miles Garrett. And, you know, that's going to open up spots for Olivier Vernon. Finally got his first sack today. Ogan Joby had a sack and a tackle for a loss. Sheldon Richardson was disruptive as well. He got injured late in the game, so hopefully he's okay. And then Deborah Lawrence had an interception today on a tipped pass. Um, Chad Thomas, his name got called a couple times, had a fumble recovery. Uh, the depth of the defensive line it was starting to show today. And, you know, despite Miles Garrett not having a sack or a big play, you know, to see the rest of that defensive front um, as dominant as they were, it was good to see. He got uh, one tackle, and I, I'm sure he got a sack, but it's not showing he got a a, a sack here. But um, I think he made one silly mistake, but otherwise, yeah, that D-line looks strong. Obviously, in the preseason, they looked a lot more um, deadly. But, you know, you know, you're now going across some big O-lines in the NFL, and uh, they're putting a lot of pressure on making... Lamar do stupid things. So, yeah, well done the D-line. I've got to say, Lawrence came on and made a, a tackle and got an interception. So, yeah, f- fair play to Lawrence. Yeah, it's finally good to see him get uh, into a, um, a good rhythm. You know, the first couple of weeks, I think, you know, as dominant as he was in the preseason, he had to step back and take a reserve role again. But when Richardson went down uh, late in the game today, Lawrence came in and made some big plays. So, you know, that's that's the next man up mentality. When somebody goes down, they got to step up. And Lawrence did in a huge way today. So it's good to see. Yeah. Then we obviously look at the linebackers. How many tackles do you say Shoba had before the game? He had 17. 17. Wow. Yeah. And Matt Wilson, what, did he have seven? Yeah, he had seven. Um, looking at it. I think Harvey had one. Taki Taki had one. I think that's all the linebackers. Here's a question for you. Why an Avery playing? You know, that is the million-dollar question. Um, we had Jake Burns on the podcast. He doesn't know. We had Stephen Thomas on the podcast. He doesn't know. Um, Donovan, Jim Donovan last week on the radio show said he heard three different things. Number one, he doesn't fit Steve Wilkes' defense. Number two, um, it was the injury in camp, and he's still slowly coming back. And number three, he showed up out of shape. Um, I know the Rams game, he only played two snaps. So I can't figure out what's going on with Jannard Avery. Um, as he had a great rookie season, was made the all-rookie team, and now he can't seem to find a role. And, you know, that's the big head-scratcher. But And I think, and other people have said this, if he's not going to play here, use him as a trade chip to – I know they're trying to – they're looking at potential offensive line options. You know, if you can get an underrated left tackle or whatever – and you had to throw in Jannard Avery, make the deal happen because it's clear that he doesn't have a role here in Cleveland anymore if he's going to be inactive every week or when he's active, he barely plays. A source close to Avery said to me is, bottom line, if Wilkes cannot or will not find a place for him in his team. And Dorsey's well aware of this. And that's unfortunate because, and Chad Thomas is coming on and that's good to see, but like Avery was so dominant alongside Miles Garrett on that defensive line, and now he just can't find a role 
on this defense. And I, it's just baffling because I loved him coming out of Memphis. I know others did. And, you know, he was great as a defensive lineman, but I just think Wilkes was trying to turn him into a Sam linebacker. And I don't think that's Avery's game. I think he's, he's best suited as a pass rusher. And if the Browns can't find him to do that here, then trade him away and get something for him. Yeah. And then uh, what do you think about um, the uh, defensive backs, the the cornerbacks and the safeties? I thought they played well. Um, Jermaine Whitehead had his ups and downs today. You know, he had eight tackles. He had that, Beautiful interception um, on Lamar Jackson's deep throw in the end zone. Um, he also gave up the touchdown late to Willie Sneed, so uh, that was a negative. But I thought the secondary has played well, you know, despite missing three starters. Um, to see Kerry and Mitchell and Eric Murray, these veterans, step up and play when we needed them to, um, and they've played very well. I've been looking forward to see uh, Greedy and Ward and Morgan Burnett get back and. Uh, you know, that just shows how deep the secondary is. And it's really good to see. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. And uh, Randall looked electrifying back again. Yeah, Whitehead, he had a lot of criticism over the last couple of games. And I thought today he came and made some massive plays. And if you think what we, we traded, I think, a seventh for him. Yeah, mate, he's been absolutely uh, on fire today. Yeah, and, you know, my biggest worry coming in was who was going to stop Marquise Brown because, you know, he's such a speedster and our speedy guy in the secondary, Denzel Ward, did not play, wasn't playing, obviously. So I was worried who's going to stop Brown. But we held Brown to four catches for 22 yards. You know, the only big play we gave up was Willie Sneed's long touchdown. And that was just a miscue by Jermaine Whitehead again. You know, that was the negative to what was a good day for him. Yeah. All right. So uh, how are we going to wrap up the fence? What are we going to give it? I would have gave them probably an eight but I'm going to bump it to a seven just because of that late touchdown. And I know Steve Wilkes and Kitchens are going to get on the defense for that. You know, you can't, you know, despite being up three touchdowns late, you don't want to let the Ravens have any hope of trying to make like a mega comeback. And, you know, that's the only negative I got against them though. I thought they played really well. You know, the box score will say they gave up a lot of yardage, but in the end of the day, you gave up 25 points to an offense that was averaging 36 coming in. So uh, good day. I'll give it a seven out of 10. Well, Jack, I'm giving it an eight because I thought it was uh, awesome, and in general, I thought we I thought we did really well. And uh, yeah, Showbert Whitehead, the D line, yeah, the whole the whole thing. I think if you imagine what the Ravens did against the Chiefs and and what the little they did against us, taking away the last minute, we did well. No doubt. I mean, this defense has played well, minus the Tennessee game, which that was just a complete uh, embarrassment, but. Defense has played well. You know, Steve Wilkes keeps coaching up these boys. He's going to get another shot as a head coach. And rightfully so. I think it was a joke that he got fired after one season in Arizona when, you know, the off the front office and ownership is complete incompetent out there. Um, and I feel bad for Kyler Murray because I think he deserves a lot better than the situation he's in right now out there. What do you think about the um, special teams? Oh, they're great. Um, I know your boy, Gillen. He's been great so far. Uh, Austin Siebert, you know, I was a little nervous about him coming in as the kicker, but he's been perfect so far outside of the missed uh, extra point in tennis against Tennessee. Uh, he's He's been great. Gillen's been great. You know, I was very nervous going in with two rookie specialists, um, but they've been good. You know, the kick returns, I get people just saying, take the knee. I know Jack's uh, always talking about that. They should just take the knee and get to the 25, but – you know, these guys want to take the chance on special teams and 
Sometimes it pays off, sometimes it don't. Yeah, mate, I thought um, special teams were great. It seems like a totally different Browns when we talk about special teams over the last year. Is there anything you didn't like about the special teams today? I, there really wasn't much. I mean, you know, I thought the special teams coverage has been good throughout the first uh, four games. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Kaderil Hodge, uh, number 12, he's been – he gets down there so quickly and he's always in on tackles and everything. Um, I don't have much to complain about the special teams unit. Um, uh, Coach Prefer's done a great job of getting those boys ready. and. Uh, they've been almost perfect so far through four games, and that's good because, uh, as, as you can remember, Paul, last year uh, under Amos, that special teams unit was god-awful. Yeah, we've got to give Dorsey credit here because you've, the safe option was keeping uh, Colquitt and potentially Greg Joseph, and he's taken a real gamble. He saved some cap space, and you've got – yeah. what I was looking at is punts today. They were super accurate, but they're just getting the job done. And with Baker Mayfield, do you really need it to be that accurate with a punt? No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. Well, with the punts, I mean, it's he's got 11 punts inside the 20 out of 17. Um, I think that's better than expected with Gillian. And I think as good as our defense has been, it really doesn't matter unless he completely botches a punt that our defense is going to hold hold offenses back for the most part. Um so Gillian's been fine, and like I said, Siebert's been perfect outside of the missed extra point. Um, I have no complaints about the special teams unit, to say the least. And like you, I was worried as well, but, you know, Dorsey sticks to his guns. He, he, he trusts his instincts. You know, he hasn't been perfect in building this roster, but he's built a damn good roster um, in less than two years, going from 0-16 to what we hope is going to be a playoff contending team come December. Yeah, I can't argue anymore. Obviously, the core bit, the pick, if you pick, I don't know, what, 14 picks, you get one wrong, you get one wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, that's what Sashi did. You know, he wanted to maximize his chances of picking talent. The only thing is he didn't get to pick the talent, per se. You know, he stockpiled all those picks, and Dorsey turned it into um, a great roster haul of talent and he's been able to swing some big trades and you know like you said he hasn't been perfect the Corbett pick um I was sketchy on the Chad Thomas pick but he's starting to uh, make some strides um but you know Dorsey's been good and hopefully this leads to the Browns being good and so far it's looking good what number for the Browns special teams I'm giving them a 10 I'm giving them a 10 out of 10 I have no complaints with them today uh like I said Siebert was perfect you know Gillian did his job and the special teams coverage uh, has been excellent so far this season. Mate, let's go with that, mate. No problems with that. I don't mind giving it a 10. No issues. If if it all goes our way, and uh, yeah, I think a 10 is very fair. Sounds good, man. I guess our concern going to the next game, San Francisco, uh, Landry, wide receiver room. You know, how's that going to be looking in eight games time? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be something to watch during the week. How is uh, How severe is Landry's concussion? Do the Browns hold him back knowing that Higgins is close to returning. Callaway's obviously coming back. But, um, you know, the 49ers, they got a tough defense. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Obviously, their secondary has some talent with Richard Sherman and Jason Verrett, among others. So uh, we need Landry. Obviously, I'd like to have all dogs on deck against that defense. So uh, it'll be interesting to see as the week goes on what happens with Landry. Here's one for you, mate. Did you ever want Jimmy J? I actually did. Um, liked him coming out of college. Uh, you know, I was open to the Browns taking him in the second round. 
obviously we took Manziel that year and don't get me started on that. Um, that's all ancient history, but I like Jimmy G. Um, uh, I like what the 49ers have done building around him. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be a fun game. And, you know, that's what I've been looking forward to is watching fun Browns football and not playing slouches. And the 49ers are definitely not a slouch. They're tough on both sides of the ball. And it's going to be an interesting Monday night game. Yeah, excellent. All right, Jack, mate, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find your details, mate? Uh, as always, follow me on Twitter at jmccurrycle and check out the podcast that I do, the 1085 Gridiron Podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at 1085, and you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, just pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're available. Mate, I love your energy. Just talk us through, mate, your T-shirt tonight. Or your... Well, this is uh... – from Big Play, my uh, former employer, um, it was the Dogs Gotta Eat shirt. Shout out to Cody. I want to say it's Cody Dausch. He was our, uh, our graphics designer and ran the uh, Big Play store. It's a Dogs Gotta Eat shirt with uh, uh, Landry Baker and Beckham on it. So uh, high quality shirt there. Man. Good, mate. All right, buddy. Take care, mate. Get some sleep. Eight more days. We're going to San Fran. Absolutely. Dog check. Woof, woof.